does it come from? This quest. This need to solve life's mysteries when the simplest of questions can never be answered. Why are we here? What is the soul? Why do we dream? Perhaps we'd be better off not looking at all. Not delving. Not yearning. That's not human nature. Not the human heart. That is not why we are here. Project has discovered that tiny variations in man's genetic code are taking place at increasingly rapid rates. Teleportation, levitation, tissue regeneration. Is this outside the realm of possibility? Or is man entering a new gateway to evolution? Is he finally standing at the threshold to true human potential? Who's your favorite superhero? Batman, Spider-Man, Wonder Woman, the Bionic Woman? Who would you choose to be if you could be any superhero? Perhaps the Diffuser or Miss Limelight. You're probably wondering who these last two superheroes are. Well, you may not have caught that Sci-Fi Channel has entered into the reality TV show competition with their show, Who Wants to Be a Superhero?, where the contestants are challenged to create a superhero and actually come up with a biography, how they came to their powers, and each week they're competing to stay on the show so that the man Stan Lee can actually create a comic book based on their superhero. And then if they win the contest, not only will there be a comic book after them, there will also be a movie released on the Sci-Fi Channel. If that wasn't good enough, they'll also be able to go down to Universal Studios and be part of their Heroes Parade, and people will be able to see their costume in action. Now you're probably saying, who would make up a superhero and what would it look like? Let's look at the Diffuser. He is a loner, an expert at gadgetry and innovation. His specialty is non-lethal weaponry. His powers include enhanced speed, strength, agility, reflexes, hearing, and eyesight. He also has night vision up to 60 feet. Pretty powerful, pretty amazing. Now what about Miss Limelight? What powers does she have? Believe it or not, when her TV DVR blew up in her house, she was able to take on all the characteristics of any action figure in any movie. She could swim faster, jump higher, see better than anyone else because it was in the DVR and that became her character. She was on the show wherever she was to walk. Now, I don't know about you, but if you were to create a superhero, what character, what power, what abilities would that person have? And how would you use the power if you were a superhero? Well, I have to share with you, and I, I'm just really glad that Joanne welcomed you tonight, that it has been a long time since we met. It wasn't only two weeks that we missed. We also missed a Sunday with a snowstorm that actually whited out, not blacked out, whited out, get, you know, whited out our opportunity to worship on Sunday. 
So I'm just feeling bad that we've missed two weeks. And I've been praying that we're not going to be in a precipitation trend on Thursdays. Did you look outside? It can happen. Every Thursday there might be a current. So pray with me that we will have good weather on Thursdays so that we can meet. I don't want to have to call off our, our times of fire again. But it is good to be back and to continue our Lost in Our Heroes series. Because the last time we met, we actually looked at the TV show Lost, where the premise of that show is that in order to have a new life, you have to be radically removed from your old life and plonked on a tropical island where you face the past by rejecting it or incorporating it into your life that's new with the characters on this island. Well, this week we're going to actually be looking at heroes. And what does heroes have to say? I don't know if you've been following the TV show or not, but it expands on our question we asked each other last week. And that question was, when we were 10 years old, what did we want to be when we grew up? This week we kind of expanded a little more forward, and that is, if you were to be heroic, what would define your heroism? I'm curious for a moment, if you were to ask each other, what makes a hero? What would your definition of being heroic be? How would you define heroism? So let's take a moment and just answer that amongst ourselves. What makes a hero? How would you define being heroic? Go ahead and take a few minutes and share that with each other. No matter your, your definition of what makes a hero, the chances are that you have daydreamed at least once in your life to be the right person at the right place at the right time to save someone else's life. Or to be the person that others count on. To be the person that people seek out in times of crisis. There's something in our DNA makeup that makes us want to be bigger than we are. To have bigger dreams, larger hopes, and bigger responsibilities. To actually go out there and do something significant that impacts other people's lives and changes the world as we know it. Well, Hollywood has keyed in on this desire of all of us. And that desire is being weakly foretold in the show called Heroes. I don't know if you followed this show or not. I actually was not a watcher of Heroes, but because we were doing this series, I rented all the DVDs, and I've been catching up after episode after episode. And like any action genre of television today, there is the overarching plot line that is slowly told week after week with hinting clues that there is a secret, mysterious network of people that have a plot to change the world. And they are doing it by manipulating, controlling people. Now, like Lost, there's actually main characters and sub-characters and character development. There is a difference, however, with the show Lost. In Lost... What happened there was you had a collection of people who made choices that had consequences. And those consequences followed them throughout their life. The difference in heroes is that the characters are born different. They have some kind of supernatural ability which they find out either early on in life or later in life. And the show keys in on what do they do with these abilities. You're probably saying, what type of abilities? The ability to fly, to be invisible, to have super hearing, 
incredible eyesight to teleport through time and space. People, the show will say, are like you and me, but there's a difference. There's something supernatural about the characters in the show. Well, what I'd like to do is actually show you a list of these characters and explain them to you. On the far right-hand corner, we have Peter Petrelli. He's the good guy. He is kind of the overarching chief number one good guy in the whole show. He's altruistic. He looks out for the interest of others. He has the ability to love and care for people that seems unnatural. But there's actually more. As we see each week unfold, he finds out what his supernatural ability is. His ability is actually to take on the powers from others. Not robbing of their power, but learning how they do what it is that they're gifted to do. For example, if you move down one, you see Nathan. Nathan's actually his older brother. Nathan's a politician and he's running for Senate. Nathan wants to be able to eventually become President of the United States. Nathan is driven. He's a high-action, high-powered individual. Where Peter, on the other hand, is more of a laid-back, love-people-where-they're-at kind of guy. But Nathan has the ability to fly. And when Peter comes into contact with Nathan, he can fly too. Move down one more and we have Claire. Claire is in high school. Claire is a cheerleader. Claire finds out in her own words that she's indestructible. She can't be destroyed. She can't get sick. She can't get hurt. Even though she tries because she can't believe in herself, she denies this. What's interesting is she's related to Peter and Nathan. She's actually Nathan's illegitimate daughter. She doesn't know that she's related until it's told later on in the season of the first year. But it's interesting how these characters, like Lost, are totally interconnected. On the far left-hand side, we have Hiro. Hiro's from Japan. Hiro has a supernatural ability to make time freeze or to transport into the future or the past. Hiro has a good friend, Ando, in the bottom left-hand corner, who's kind of like his, his Robin, as in Batman, his comrade, his, his compatriot, who does not have supernatural powers, but has the faith of friendship to help him go on his mission. Hero is driven because he knows that he is being called to save the world. That there's going to be a huge catastrophe wiping out thousands of lives and all he has to do is find out the timeline and go back and change it. He is driven and on a call to make it happen differently than what the future is recorded as he's understood it to be. He wants to change and save lives. So we have two good guys, two Christ-like figures. In fact, when we get ready to show you a video clips of these people in a, in a few moments, think about Peter Petrelli and his image. But in the middle, there stands Siler. Every good show has good guys, and they have bad guys. Siler is the evil nemesis, or the ruthless character. He actually does not have natural, supernatural abilities. He kills the heroes on the show, and actually 
cannibalizes their power and takes it into his makeup. And he is driven to kill all the superheroes and take their abilities to have the most power. He is out to get the cheerleader, Claire. He's out to get Peter. He wants to be a number one bad guy with all the power to be able to turn invisible, transport time, write the future. You name it, he's going after it. But then you're probably saying, well, who are these three people at the bottom? These are three characters in the show Heroes who do not have supernatural abilities, but yet they're heroes. Mr. Bennett is actually the adopted father, so to speak, of Claire. In the show, we find out that he adopts Claire in, knowing that she has supernatural powers, not knowing what they would be, and he never tells Claire where she came from. But he seems to be reporting to a mysterious them. He belongs to an organization that at times appears to protect these people with supernatural abilities, but other times destroys them. And then we have Mohinder. Mohinder is from India. He's a scholar. He's a biologist. He's a man after his father's life's work. He's following in his father's footsteps, who, by the way, was killed by Siler in one of the episodes. So Mohinder is trying to find what his father was after. Why are some human beings given extra special capabilities? And what are they going to do with those special powers? And hopefully they're going to do it for good. Now doesn't that make like a great TV show? Whether you've watched it or not, I hope this helps prepare you for the clips that we're going to show. We're going to start out with a summary of the characters. And then we're going to look at Hero and his abilities. And as we look at Hero, we're actually going to start when he's in Japan and how he gets to America. And then we're going to look at the two brothers, Peter and Nathan, and we'll follow them as they pass on the baton of their abilities to Claire. And then we're going to hear from Mohinder. Let's see the video clips. Five strangers the globe began to discover they had extraordinary abilities. From the cheerleader who realized she's invincible. I have busted like every bone in my body and I don't have a scratch on me. To the office worker who can bend space and time. These strangers are discovering they're meant for something more. Did you ever get the feeling like you were meant to do something extraordinary? And as a son seeks the truth by finishing his father's work. I spoke to him two days ago. He was this close to finding the first of death. He's forced to run from a man surrounded in mystery. He left everything behind but his computer. A man who's more connected than anyone imagined. Hi, Daddy.
hold on. This looks like 70, 80 feet. This is so unreal. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Oh my. Oh my god. Oh my god. Claire? Oh my god. Claire Bennett, that was attempt number six. Yes, a global event. Makes one appreciate just how small our planet really is. And we're all quite small, really, aren't we? What's your name? Mohinder. I'm Peter. May I ask you something, Mohinder? Did you ever get the feeling like you were meant to do something extraordinary? Driving a cab, you may have noticed. No, I'm not talking about what you do. I'm talking about... <laughs> Who you are. I'm talking about being special. Yes, we are all special. It's not what I meant. Some individuals, it is true, are more special. This is natural selection. It begins as a single individual, born or hatched like every other member of their species, anonymous, seemingly ordinary, except they're not. 
they carry inside them the genetic code that will take their species to the next evolutionary rung. It's destiny. In case you haven't figured it out yet, Mohinder is not just a taxi driver. He's actually the narrator of heroes. He's not just some person that is kind of thrown into the mix. He's actually there intentionally to have an overarching influence on the people. What do you think of Peter and Mohinder's dialogue? It summarizes our search in life, doesn't it? It's not what you do. It's who you are. Don't we all want to be someone special? Don't we all want to be valued and sought out, respected and included by others? The writers of Heroes will make you believe this only happens through natural selection, manipulation of our DNA, and somehow having an overarching superheroes group that is working behind the scenes and the shadows to change time in the course of human history. It's interesting, as each week unpacks different characters, we get the feeling that everyone has a supernatural ability. And then each episode reveals how they learn to use these special gifts. But they fight back and forth with good and evil. There becomes the plight of situational ethics. No one person in the show is really on the set established course. There's a morphing of morality. Take Mr. Bennett, for example. He appears to be a good father, a, a wonderful husband, yet he works for this unknown network. Take one of his quotes where he appears to be good, yet is he always good? It's okay to lie when you're guarding the truth. Or Mr. Linderman, who apparently is an evil character from the get-go. Nathan, who has political ambitions, is trying to put down or put in prison this mobster, Mr. Linderman. And he's right away trying to find ways to uncover and reveal to the police who this mysterious Mr. Linderman is. But then in a future episode, he's in cahoots with Linderman. It's Linderman who says, it's okay that thousands of people will die because it will get you into the White House. Nathan, it's for the greater good to see the city destroyed. So which is it? Is it clear cut that every day all situations have an easy answer? Or is it confusing? And even with supernatural abilities, you cannot always make the right choice. Heroes is making you believe that their character is impacted on any given moment versus developed over time. Now I want to take a moment and just kind of put myself into the TV show. One thing that they do really well is character development in this whole dramatic presentation that there's an overarching plan to destroy a city and that people have to save and fight each other. But they don't actually have any fun with it. Now, if I were to be the author of Heroes, I think I would just kind of be a hero that explores my supernatural ability. For example, if I could be invisible, 
I'd stand in the back room and no one would know I'm here. Or if I could fly, I would love to get by by flying over the traffic and just waving at everyone in their cars. Or perhaps I'd take you up with me and we'd fly over to Vermont and see the beautiful mountains. Now, if I could be like Claire and indestructible and never get hurt, I think I'd star in a circus and actually do the trapeze without a net. Or perhaps be a stuntman for a motion picture company because I could never get hurt. If something happened, I'd just write myself back into shape. But they never actually have any of the characters have fun with their abilities. It's always life on the line. Tomorrow is another day to fight the battle. And their lives are just racing through time. One thing that I think that we have is different is we have time. We have time to reflect on this whole question about character. Because Heroes is on to something. I believe that their overall theme is about character. Whether the writers realize it or not. They're saying that character is made by each situation, each decision, each account on any given moment. That their premise is its situational ethics. I don't believe that. And I believe many of us are fighting against that in our world today. You see, I believe that character really is developed over time. That each day we have the opportunity to stay based, to be principled, and to follow what we believe, and to be by those we care about. It was interesting overhearing some of the answers to the question of what makes a hero. What makes a hero is someone that is being devoted to another human being. Someone that's being faithful to a cause. Someone that will be dependable, reliable. Someone that will quit the interest of others before oneself. You know, I'm really glad that I'm not one of the characters because I think what they're doing in this show is robbing the ability to be a real hero. All the characters, whether you like it or not, are out for self-interest. Peter is trying to become a somebody. Nathan is waking up every day looking for political opportunities to become president of the White House. And Claire, Claire of all people who seems so innocent, is trying to escape, in her own words, a freak show life by trying to commit suicide versus perhaps being the youngest firefighter ever on earth. So I don't know what you would do on a daily basis if you were a superhero. But I believe we all can be heroes. And I believe the best way to be a hero is actually to think about what it looks like to have a reputation. How do you gain a reputation? Is it what heroes is telling us? That it's based on a given situation that I don't believe in gambling, but if I need money, I'm going to gamble so that I'll win and I can use that money to get where I'm going? That's a situational ethic. I can change what I believe. I can discard my principles because I realize right now I have to do it. Jerry White actually has a call on this. He says that a reputation of personal integrity will serve you longer and better than any results obtained by cheating. And moreover, you will be able to live at peace with yourself. And after all, isn't that really what a hero does? Doesn't a hero bring security and peace 
to one's life and to the lives around the individual that is living a heroic life. I want to be around someone that changes lives for the good. That brings a blessing that allows people to live more encouraging, more hopeful, more expectant ways of life. So how do you, how do I, how do we develop a heroic way of living? How can we be heroes, so to speak, on a daily basis? The best way I see is by studying someone that you respect, someone that you look up to, someone that you admire, someone who lives a lifestyle that is different from the rest. I believe there's only one person that stands above all the other heroes in human history. And that individual is Jesus Christ. There is no one more loving, more sacrificial, more serving than Jesus. His whole call to the way He walked on this planet was to do His Father's will. And was to bring salvation, bring hope and courage to others. He was about reconciling. He was about being the whole person that could meet people who are hungry, who could care for the lame, heal the sick, and allow people to be reclaimed into God's family. The more I study Jesus, the more I want to be like Him. The more I read about His character, the more I pray that my life will have Christ-like character to it. The more I to Christ's words, whether it's through singing or through a sermon or through a Bible study or through reading it in Scripture, the more I realize that I am being refined, that my character is being developed over time. And I see that happening here at FIRE in all of the men and women's lives who gather here weekly. That we are becoming heroes on a daily basis where people count on us People realize that we will offer compassion where there's despair. We will offer hope where there's disillusionment. We will feed the homeless like we do through soul food ministry. We will go to the ends of the earth to be able to allow other people to come to a peaceful place of living. To have a significance and meaning in life. But you know, it doesn't always come easy And sometimes it comes through misunderstanding. Because I think many of us see Jesus as this larger-than-life character that we can never be like. That He did big and miraculous things that are not happening today in our world. The movie or the television show like Heroes or Spider-Man or Harry Potter are like those magnificent wonders that don't really meet reality. Well, Michael Iacovelli wrote a book called Messy Spirituality. And in that, he kind of explains the tension between the big and the tiny. Let me read you a page out of his book. Because we have heard the biblical stories over and over again, we have exaggerated the size of the tiny ministry Jesus actually had. Yes, there were crowds, but even when there were crowds, he tried to avoid them. Jesus was around for only three years, and he really didn't do all that much. He hung out with a few guys, healed a leper or two, and a couple of lame folk and a blind guy, made some wine, helped out three or four women, raised one person from the dead, calmed down a crazy person or two, caused a scene in the temple, and then disappeared. Think of what Jesus could have accomplished if he stayed on earth for 20, 30, or 50 years. 
Wow! Think what he would have done with all the technology available today. Nope. Jesus showed up for a little while, did a few tiny miracles, said a few amazing words, and left. But his few amazing tiny acts changed the world forever. Tiny becomes huge when Jesus is involved. It is easy for us to get the impression that God is about big, spectacular, and miraculous. After reading a few books, watching, and listening to the stories at church, it's easy to conclude that unless God is doing really big things through our lives, we're not spiritual. Spiritual people are about tiny things, which is the fruit of their spirituality. The spiritual life is not a life of success. It's a life of faithfulness. It's not easy. God does big things once in a while. But there is no question that the primary work of God is in the world in salt and light, tiny. God knew we would naturally be dazzled by big. That's why Jesus told the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, the mustard seed. Jesus was trying to tell us something. The spiritual life is a tiny life filled with little decisions, tiny steps towards God, tiny glimpses of His presence, little changes and small movings, tiny successes and imperceptible stirrings. The character of a hero takes time. The character of a hero takes on the character of Christ. Now let's just back up for a minute. Let me remind you of Nathan. Nathan is a hero who wakes up every morning calculating how he can become president of the United States. Jesus, on the other hand, got up every day to pray, asking God to fill him with the Holy Spirit and to direct him with God's will. No one ever doubted Christ's motives. But in heroes, every character has motives that are in question. Claire is about saving lives, or should be, but as I shared a moment ago, she wants to kill herself about suicidal living. What would you do? Who would you be? How would you live? Heroes makes it about selfish quests, where Christ is about a selfless lifestyle. Jesus had a large following because his character was flawless. He was a hero to the hungry, a savior to the oppressed, a servant to the underprivileged, a friend to prostitutes, drunks, and liars. Heroes is a cross between a sci-fi movie and a reality TV show. The reality they mock or give out as a premise is that people are changing, they're morphing, they're evolving in the beings that have special capabilities. But yet, their own survival is based on self-justification wrapped in morphing morality. But in the reality that we live in, in the world that we live in, a true hero takes on the character of Christ. Christ was not out for selfish gain. He humbled himself before others. Even humility that was death on the cross. His life was a life of love, service, and sacrifice. As we take on the character of Christ, we will be heroes who are dependable, 
reliable and ready to love and serve and care for those less fortunate than ourselves. Many of you know I love Henry Blackaby, and he's one of my favorite authors, especially when he writes on how to take on the character of Christ. In his book, On a Mission with God, he wrote about our need to make major adjustments in our lives to join God in what he is doing. Because that is exactly what Jesus had to do, make major adjustments. Let me read this to you. The Son of God was willing to put his desires aside and adjust to his Father's will. In your culture, geared to creature comforts, you must battle constantly against the day's currents. Willingness to make the kind of adjustments Jesus did will be worked into your character only as you surrender obediently to the Father and allow his Holy Spirit to transform you into Christ's image. The Lord requires major adjustments from you to bring yourself in line with his will. Even as you follow him day by day, you will often be surprised at the direction in which he wants to lead you. He may require an adjustment in what you are doing or how you are doing it. Often a major change in attitude is required. For me, and possibly you, it's not about dreaming whom you can be or having the desire to be someone you're not. It's actually understanding and how to contend with the person you're becoming. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, then he is working in and through you to be a hero on a daily basis in the tiny, small, and large things that he directs you to do. My parents have very dear friends whom they love and respect. Their son, Ted, died a hero as he swam to save a person who was drowning. He saved that person at his own loss. I'd like to read you Ted, Ted's obituary. Fred, Ted Eldridge Hunt, Jr., 51, of Berwick, Maine, died a hero on October 22, 2002, in Cocoa Beach, Florida, saving the life of another. He loved spending time with his family and friends, whether it be in the backyard, on the boat, at the pool, or on the beach. He will always be remembered as a warm and loving teddy bear, always ready with a smile and a big hug. He was beloved husband of 29 years to the wife Cynthia, Cindy Hunt, a loving and devoted dad to his two daughters, Chelsea and Lauren Hunt, son of Fred Sr. and Lauren Hunt, brother of Kevin and Paul Hunt, and many nieces, nephews, and cousins. Ted was a devoted dad, always ready with a warm and loving teddy bear hug. He loved to spend time with his family and friends. Ted was a hero before he ever entered the waters to save another person's life. I don't know if you've been following the news today, but we actually lost an international hero. The past prime minister of Pakistan, and I'm going to be really terrible with her name, Benzine Bhutto. She was assassinated this morning. And if you've ever heard about her life story, what has motivated her, 
was love for other people. She was a hero on a mission that was clear to others that followed her, voted for her, and supported her. It may have cost her her life, but she's left a legacy for us to look at. I don't know what you live for or what you're going to do with your life, but I know that you can be someone special, that you can be heroic, that we can be the men and women of God ready to make a difference by submitting our lives to Christ and allowing His character to be the first thing others see. That through our faith in God, we can become heroes by staying committed to our family and friends, by fighting for causes we believe in that will benefit and bless others, and by following Christ as our faith increases. As we take on the character of Christ, we'll become heroes to everyone we face every day. It begins with a relationship with Jesus and continues through the little steps of faith that change your life powerfully so you'll be the peace, love, and hope to others on a daily basis. In closing, I just want to say that I'm not sure I want to be the creator of a factitious superhero recorded in a comic strip or made into a movie and have it all be a false reality. I think I'd rather have my character recorded in stone like Ted Hunt's where other people know that I have loved, cared for, and supported others. You see, a hero is larger than life. Because his life is small compared to those around him. A hero says that I'm willing to sacrifice, take the time, and allow my life to be conformed to Christ, who's going to use me in ways that I can't even dream of. As we leave tonight, may we learn one thing from heroes, and that is that it's a wonderful, action-filled show that keeps us thinking that we can anticipate the next move of the characters and uncover the overarching plot. But it's all science fiction. It leaves us knowing that we live in reality, and in reality that we can take on the character of Christ and be the heroes that we face every day. Let me pray. Lord God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the opportunity to meet through the holidays It was so sweet to have Christmas just a few days ago and to celebrate your son's birthday. We thank you, Jesus, for coming into a body and and living in humanity and allowing us to come to know you and live for you. We pray that your character will become ours and that when people come across us, they will say, wow, that man, that woman is Christ to me. But we know this is not a simple, small, or insignificant prayer. We know in order to do that, that we have to humbly submit ourselves to your Holy Spirit, to your word, and to your community of Christ gatherers. We pray, God, that you will be more alive in our lives and that you will constantly refine us and change us so that we can care for the hungry, meet the needs of the sick, love those that are uncertain about life, and offer love, hope, and courage. It is in your mighty name that we pray. Amen.